This morning, God's Word comes to us from Acts chapter 10. Acts 10, and we're going to be reading the 48 verses of this chapter. Acts chapter 10, beginning at verse 1. What we hear now is God's word. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion of what was known as the Italian cohort, a devout man who feared God with all his household, gave alms generously to the people, and prayed continually to God. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God come in and say to him, Cornelius. And he stared at him in terror and said, What is it, Lord? And he said to him, Your prayers and your alms have ascended as a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa and bring one Simon, who is called Peter. He is lodging with one Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had departed, he called two of his servants and a devout soldier from among those who attended him, and having related everything to them, he sent them to Joppa. The next day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the housetop about the sixth hour to pray, and he became hungry and wanted something to eat. But while they were preparing it, he fell into a trance and saw the heavens opened and something like a great sheet descending, being let down by its four corners upon the earth. In it were all kinds of animals and reptiles and birds of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, By no means, Lord. For I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice came to him a second time. What God has made clean do not call common. This happened three times, and the thing was taken up at once to heaven. Now while Peter was inwardly perplexed as to what the vision that he had seen might mean, behold, the men who were sent by Cornelius, having made inquiry for Simon's house, stood at the gate and called out to ask whether Simon, who was called Peter, was lodging there. And while Peter was pondering the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are looking for you. Rise and go down and accompany them without hesitation, for I have sent them. And Peter went down to the men and said, I am the one you are looking for. What is the reason for your coming? And they said, Cornelius, a centurion, an upright and God-fearing man who is well spoken of by the whole Jewish nation, was directed by the holy angel to send for you to come to his house and to hear what you have to say. So he invited them in to be his guests. The next day he rose and went away with them, and some of the brothers from Joppa accompanied him. And on the following day they entered Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. When Peter entered, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter lifted him up, saying, Stand up, I too am a man. And as he walked with him, he went in and found many persons gathered. And he said to them, 
You yourselves know how unlawful, how unlawful it is for a Jew to associate with or to visit anyone of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any person common or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without objection. I asked then why you sent for me. And Cornelius said, Four days ago, about this hour, I was praying in my house at the ninth hour, and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing, and said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard, and your alms have been remembered before God. Send therefore to Joppa, and ask for Simon, who is called Peter. He is lodging in the house of Simon, a tanner by the sea. So I sent for you at once, and you have been kind enough to come. Now, therefore, we are all here in the presence of God, to hear all that you have been commanded by the Lord. So Peter opened his mouth and said, Truly, I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. As for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all, You yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John proclaimed, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all that he did, both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him on the third day and made him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who had been chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him, all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. While Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. And the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed, because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles. For they were hearing them speaking in tongues and extolling God. Then Peter declared, Can anyone withhold water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked him to remain for some days. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. Well, kids, perhaps you can tell by the songs that we have sung, by the text that I just read, by the prayer we prayed this morning, that today is a special day in the life of the Christian church. Today is Pentecost Sunday, a day that we celebrate the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That outpouring of the Spirit is uh, recorded for us in Acts chapter 2, and perhaps you think we should be looking at Acts chapter 2 this morning. But really, Acts chapter 10 and the outpouring of the Spirit there is the text that that most resonates with us. And we'll see why as we look at this text this morning. 
It is true that at the beginning of Acts, uh, Jesus uh, gives somewhat of a, a programmatic advancement of the gospel. He says to his uh, disciples, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit's come upon you. You will be my witnesses in, Jer in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And in Acts chapter 2, we have the outpouring of the Spirit in Jerusalem. In Acts chapter 8, we have the outpouring of the Spirit in Samaria. And here in Acts chapter 10, the beginnings of the outpouring of the Spirit to the ends of the earth. The Holy Spirit poured out even on the Gentiles. And we will look at this text this morning to see what a glorious blessing this is for us, who we also have re received the Holy Spirit of God. This story begins with two men receiving a vision each. Two men and two visions. Verse 1, at Caesarea there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion of what was known as the Italian cohort, a devout man who feared God with all his household, gave alms generously to the people, and prayed continually to God. We are introduced to Cornelius. Cornelius, not a Jew. Cornelius, a Gentile. Cornelius, a Roman. Not a Jew, but a fearer of God. One who knew God, one who sought to follow God. And we read that Cornelius receives this vision. Verse 3, about the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God come and say to him, Cornelius, and he was afraid, what is it, Lord? And he says, your prayers have been answered. Now send men to Joppa and bring one Simon who is called Peter. He receives a vision and instructions from God. You are to send for a man called Peter, who is a Jew. And what does, Simon, what does Cornelius do? He does exactly what the vision says. The vision was clear. The vision was very instructive. And so he calls some of his attendants and sends them out to Joppa to get Peter. As they are going, Peter gets a vision. One not nearly as clear as the one to Cornelius. In verse 9, the next day as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up to the housetop about the sixth hour to pray. And he became hungry, wanted something to eat. And as they were preparing the food, he fell into a trance. So Peter goes up about noon or so, goes up to pray. And as typical, he would be hungry at noon. And he receives a vision. A vision of a sheet that comes down from heaven that is filled with animals. And as he sees this vision, again, it's about noon, he's hungry, and the voice says, go ahead and eat. Well, that makes perfect sense. It's noon, it's lunchtime. And here's the vision of the animals coming down. But the, 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 the problem was, these animals were those that a devout Jew were not allowed to eat. Which is why he says in verse 14, after being told, rise, Peter, kill and eat, by no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. Peter was meticulous in his keeping of the law. God had said there are some animals you may eat and some animals you may not eat. Obviously, it was the ones that you may not eat in the sheet. And so Peter says, no, I've never done that. I've never eaten anything common or unclean. And here we have the point of the vision to Peter. 
The voice came a second time. What God has made clean, do not call common. What God has made clean, do not call common. And we will see that Peter only begins to understand what those words might mean as the story unfolds. This vision is given to him three times. Three times so he could be sure he actually saw it correctly, he actually heard it correctly. Do not call common what I have called clean. And Peter is puzzled. Again, not nearly as clear as Cornelius' vision. Go and do this. A sheet coming down, don't call common what I've called clean. And Peter is puzzled, and we read in verse 19, and while Peter was pondering the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are looking for you. Rise and go and accompany them without hesitation. These men come, and they're looking for Peter, and the Spirit says, It's okay to go with them. These are Gentiles who are coming to look for Peter and to talk with Peter. Peter will say later in this text, in verse 28, uh, you yourselves know how unlawful it is for a Jew to associate with or to visit anyone of another nation. Peter would need instruction to do this. And now he begins to apply the vision. Don't call common what I've called clean. Okay, there are men coming. They want to talk to me. This vision must mean it's okay to talk with them. It's okay for me to, to do that which was technically unlawful because God said, don't call common what I've called clean. Here come some, some unclean men. Um, I am able to go ahead and talk with them. And so he invited them in to be his guests, and they spend the time together. He applies the vision very immediately to the situation he found himself in. Two men, two visions. One vision to a Jew, one vision to a Gentile. And, and both visions were necessary for the story to go on. If God had given the vision only to Cornelius and not to Peter, Peter would not have entertained the men, would not have gone with the men. If God had given the vision only to Peter, Cornelius would have never thought to send for a Jew to come and talk with him. No, two visions, two men to point that it is God who is at work. It is God who is continuing his programmatic work of bringing the gospel to the ends of the earth. And so Peter goes with them. And we read in verse 25, Peter entered the house of Cornelius. Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. And Peter lifted him up saying, stand up, I too am a man. He comes into Cornelius' house. Cornelius falls down before him. Peter says, no, 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 no. I'm only a messenger. I'm only a messenger sent from God. Don't, don't bow to me. Don't worship me. I'm a man just like you are. He's saying it is not the messenger that is important. Rather... It is the words he has to bring. So again, from verse 28, there's many people in the house. He said to them, you yourselves know how unlawful it is for a Jew to associate with or to visit anyone of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any person common or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without objection. 
now he begins to apply the vision a little more broadly. Oh, it wasn't just about these few men who came to ask me to come with them. That was an initial application. No, it's, it's okay to talk with all of these Gentiles. It's okay to be in the house with these Gentiles and to spend some time with them. And so he says to them, I asked them, why did you send for me? And they recount once again. Cornelius recounts his vision as we read in verse 33. So I sent for you at once. You've been kind enough to come. Now, therefore, we are all here in the presence of God to hear all that you have been commanded by the Lord. We are here in the presence of God to hear you. Now, maybe we miss the significance of that. We're here to hear you. Because we didn't read chapter 9. In the end of chapter 9, Peter is introduced in this part of the story of Acts as a miracle worker. Peter is one who heals the sick. Peter is one who even raises the dead. That's how he's introduced in this part of the story. Peter the miracle worker. And yet when they gather together, they say, we are here not to watch you perform a miracle. We are here to hear what you have to say. They didn't want miraculous signs. They wanted to hear the message God had given to him. And perhaps that is instructive for us as well today. We live in a time when we look for the spectacular. We look for the miraculous. Even in church, we want that which will excite us. We watch that which will be spectacular to watch and to see. We want the miracle. But God has said, my kingdom advances and the gospel goes forth, not by the miraculous, but by the ordinary means of grace, by the preaching of the gospel. When we come to worship, that is what we should look for. Is the gospel present? Is preaching there? Not all the extras, but is God's word being opened? We are here in the presence of God to hear all that you have been commanded by the Lord. And so Peter begins. He begins to preach. Peter opened his mouth and said, and it's, it's interesting, as he preaches, you can almost see the wheels turning in his head as he understands an even fuller application of the vision he got. First the application, I can talk to these men. Then the application, I can be here in this house. Now look what he says. Truly I understand that God shows no partiality, but in Every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. 
as for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching the good news of, of peace to Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. It's as if the scales fall off his eyes. He begins to understand the message was not just for Israel. The message of peace was for every nation. He is Lord of all. And Peter is, is beginning to grasp the significance of what he had seen. It wasn't just about him and a couple of men who came to ask for him to come along. It wasn't just about him and this group of people he was with in the house. Jesus Christ is Lord of all. And he preaches the life and the death and the resurrection of Christ. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him on the third day and made him to appear. The gospel of Jesus Christ, his life, his death, his resurrection. And that is still, that is still the backbone of all Christian preaching. The life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is the message he brings from them. And he ends this, this message with this in verse 42. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one anointed by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins. That was earth-shaking. Everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins. Not just the Jews, not just Israel, not just God's chosen people, but everyone who believes. It's as if the scales fall off his eyes and he sees the fullness of the vision that he had received. Everyone who believes receives forgiveness of sins. And that is why I say, that Acts chapter 10, this, this outpouring of the Spirit is what resonates with us. We are the Gentiles. We are those who were outside. And we, only because of God's glory and His grace, are brought in. We had no claim to fellowship with Him. But God brought in the Gentiles the gospel of Jesus Christ comes to them. That was unbelievable. It was a number of years ago uh, in another church I was serving, we had a, a missionary uh, from Israel uh, come and tell us about his work. He was a Jew, and he was preaching to the Jews. And I made the offhand comment uh, what, a, what a miraculous thing it is that a Jew now brings the Christian gospel to Jews. And he looked at me with something of a wry smile and says, what I think is miraculous, that I am here as a Jew in your church bringing the gospel to Gentiles. That's unbelievable for a Jew that the gospel is not just for Israel, but the gospel is for everyone 
who believes. What happens as they hear this glorious gospel? Verse 44, while Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. And the believers from among the circumcised who come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles. This is why Acts 10 resonates with us on Pentecost, even on the Gentiles. Because you remember that Pentecost, the Pentecost event, was really a Jewish event. Back in Acts chapter 2, we read about this and the Jews. Acts chapter 2, verse 5, Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem... Jews, devout men from under heaven. And then there came the sound of the, of the wind and all these things happened and they speak. But it's Jews who are gathering on Pentecost. Acts 2 verse 14. Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said, Men of Judea and you who dwell in Jerusalem. And he speaks to them. He speaks to Jews. Verse 22. Men of Israel, hear these words. He's talking to Jews. And again, verse 29, brothers, I say these things with confidence. The Acts 2 event was a Jewish event. It's not until, as I mentioned earlier, Acts 8, that we have the Holy Spirit being poured out in Judea and Samaria. In Acts chapter 8, verse 14, we read this. Now, when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them, that they might receive the Holy Spirit. So here the Holy Spirit falls upon the Samaritans, who are still at root Jews. Still a Jewish event. But in Acts chapter 10, in Acts chapter 10, the Holy Spirit falls even on the Gentiles. That's us. That's our hope. Without this work of the Holy Spirit in God's economy of salvation, we would be left out. Outsiders. Outsiders. All of us, not a part of God's chosen people, not a part of the Jews, but the Holy Spirit comes even on the Gentiles. We are brought in. We are included in that one people of God. And so they say in verse 47, can anyone withhold water for baptizing these people? For they have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. They receive the sign of inclusion in the covenant. They are brought in just as we have been brought in. God came and made a covenant with his people, the Jews. God did not come and make a covenant with the Dutch Calvinists. God did not come and make a covenant with the Presbyterians. God came to the Jews. We were outsiders. But by his grace by his mercy, and according to his perfect plan of salvation, we are brought in. And God continues to do that today. 
the call of the gospel, the work of Jesus Christ, his life, his death, his resurrection continues to go out from our pulpit, from other pulpits. God calls today, put your faith in this Jesus Christ, this one who came and lived a perfect life, this one who died an atoning death, this one who God raised from the dead and who ascended back to heaven and right now sits and rules and reigns over all. Bow your knee to him. Bow down before him and recognize him as the only one who can save you from your sins. And if you sense the Holy Spirit tugging at your heart today, do not quench the Spirit. Do not try to put away the Spirit. But, but simply humble yourself before God. Recognize what he is doing in your life. And rejoice that the Spirit has fallen even on us, the Gentiles. This is why we celebrate today. This is why we meet today. We come this Lord's Day and ever, every Lord's Day with joy because although we had no, there was no reason for God at all to include us, He simply of His grace chose to bring us in. We were outside, He has brought us inside. So we gather with joy on this Lord's Day, on every Lord's Day to celebrate His glorious work that the Holy Spirit was poured out, not only on the Jews, but poured out on us, even on the Gentiles. Let's join together in prayer.